welcome to this episode of She Squared, the podcast that gives voice to the written word of your favorite fem slash pairing. I'm Natasha Lance, and tonight we're going to be reading I Want This, I Want Us, I Want You, which is a super cat fic by Wacknacious. And super cat is, let me tell you, one of my absolute favorite pairings. And it is a pairing that took me just 1000% by surprise. Um, I did not expect it at all. And um, when I began watching Supergirl in season one, long time ago, obviously, um, I was enthralled. Now, of course, I have not gone back to Supergirl after season one because of he who shall not be named. Um, but, you know, I felt like they really did a disservice to um, Kara's character and that kind of ending shot of her flying away and being sad was such a, a powerful moment. And then, you know, you flash to he who shall not be named and it kind of derailed the entire moment for me. So I was very, very upset um, with that show at that point and, and kind of walked away from it. And I've, I've heard from a lot of other people, obviously, that they've, that they've done the same. And if you're listening to this, you probably um, have one of two... Kara favorite pairings on the show, which is Super Cat and um, Super Core, which is Kara and Lena, or um, Kara and Cat, obviously. And um, yeah, Cat Grant, man, she just, she came out of nowhere as just a powerful, kick-ass character. And so we are ridiculously excited to be reading Wagnatius's, um I Want This, I Want Us, I Want You. It is an amazing super cat fic. And we had the um, immense joy of getting to ask a couple of questions to Wagnatius um, about writing in general and why this pairing and what pairing really got them into it. So um, I'm going to be reading some of those questions to you and uh, getting some of those answers and, and just kind of getting you to know Wagnatius a little bit better and and just opening up the doors for everyone to send in questions for us to to read for for their favorite authors or their favorite fix um, anything you want to say to them anything you want them to answer uh, just really anything what their work means to you uh, please send it our way um, she squared podcast at gmail.com or she squared podcast at outlook.com you can obviously also send us asks or submissions on Tumblr, on uh, our She Squared page on Tumblr. And that can also include your uh, notes to the authors or what it means to you. You know, anything, man. Uh, authors uh, and, and, and our artists, they do such amazing selfless work for us. And just any kind of interaction from fans is absolutely invaluable. I think so. Um, please send us send us anything that you want to let us pass on to the authors or questions you'd like us to pass on, and I know that they would absolutely love to to get your feedback. Um, I have also just been corrected, and this will t- <laughs> this will tell you how my how my time is going lately. I have been corrected that um, ooh, I almost named him. He who shall not be named entered into uh, Supergirl in season two and actually exited in season three. Um, so yeah, wow, my timeline was way off. My apologies, everybody. Um, 
so yeah, I have been corrected. Um, I, I, I stand corrected. I take full responsibility for that, uh, that little gaffe there. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, for me, personally, Kara is an amazing character. Um, she is so much more than Superman. And that's not really dogging on Superman. I mean, don't don't hear that from me. But um, it's just more elevating Kara, Supergirl. And I hate that she's Supergirl, right? Because she's not a girl. She's a woman. But Supergirl is, and just phenomenal character. And 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 to have her paired up with other phenomenal, strong women characters in that show, uh, I think would be very very reassuring and uh, telling and comforting and representative really of of so many viewers and I don't know I just I, you know I think we all have our own feelings on if they're ever going to go there with uh, Lena and Kara or not I think we can all safely assume that Lena is definitely in love with Kara at this point and I think we can all safely assume that Cat Grant was in love with Kara as well. Um, Callista Flockhart just knocked that right out of the park. But I think seeing the two of them interact was so powerful and so telling and so just striking. It was almost very much a um, flip really, of, of Superman and Lois, kind of. Uh, it was it was refreshing and new, and I will forever be in love with Cat Grant and Kara Zor-El and just think that they are a phenomenal couple. Now, that's not to say that I'm dogging in any way on Supercore. I love Supercore as well, um, but Supercat had my heart first. Not going to lie. I mean, that's just the timeline of the way things work. So, again, my apologies for the little gap earlier, um, but let's dive into questions with Wacknacious and then get right down into the nitty-gritty with the story. I want this, I want us, I want you. So the first question for our author tonight uh, was, what got you into writing fan fiction? And Wacknacious replies to us, I discovered Fic Pretty Late, like 2015, like, I didn't know it was anything more than old Star Trek stuff on ancient websites. Oh, man, yeah, I remember that. But I followed a few blogs on Tumblr that were doing ficlets, and I was super into that because we can take our metas and theories and headcanons and let them play out. What? I <laughs> have to absolutely 1,000% agree with you. I was um, also incredibly shocked when I discovered that. I found out not long after that some of them had AO3 and FFnet, Oh, fanfiction.net pages, and there were thousands of Swan Queen fics. I dove in hard for about a year. I didn't think about ever writing any because that seemed monumentally unachievable, but I was following Juice Cup, Roses Dancing in My Mind, and Shadow Diane on Tumblr, and I thought about ficlets again. Maybe I could do that, and I started dabbling in 2017, and it's been off and on ever since. Uh, yeah, let me tell you, I, I Wacknacious and, and, Definitely to you and, and a lot to our listeners as well. I kind of discovered fan fiction in the same way, I think. Um, 
so Once Upon a Time was out, and we were all fascinated by this retelling of, of stories, right? And I'm, I remember watching <laughs> Once Upon a Time, and of course, Lana Perea walked onto the, the screen, and, and everything changed for everybody, I think. Um, but then Jennifer Morrison showed up, and this dynamic, this heat, this uh, tangible connection between them just leapt off of the screen. And for me, I remember that inkling very fondly. And my antenna started like pinging, right? Um, something is going on here. And specifically, I remember the mine scene. That scene where Regina steps close to Emma. And just, I, there was... Everybody knows what scene I'm talking about if you've watched Once Upon a Time. If you're a Swan Queen fan, if you're a member of Swin, everybody knows what scene I'm talking about here. And yeah, I I remember kind of uh, ashamedly almost, which is ludicrous now. I mean, for God's sakes, I host this podcast. but um, And for a million other reasons. But I remember kind of just going online and, and typing in Regina and Emma, like, questioningly. Like, does anyone see them as a couple? And man, Tumblr just popped up and I dove in hard too. So I am right there with you, Wagnatius. I 100% agree. I think a lot of us got our start that way. And um, that's, that's, it's wonderful to hear you, to, to re get to, to see you um, give us your start like that. That's absolutely wonderful. Question two is what is it about Kara and Kat that appealed to you so much? And I know that's such a difficult question um, because, oh gosh, I mean, what do you, how do you say that, right? So I am so sorry to all of the authors that we read when I give you questions and uh, the people here, we give you questions and, and they're kind of like, hey, dissect everything that you know about this couple and tell us why you love it. Um, we all, we all know, we, we love to listen and talk about these, these couples. So the, the response here is, uh, I have a real soft spot for the, quote, lovable dork versus ice queen dynamic. Oh, that's such a good dynamic. Here's this fierce, strong, independent woman who takes no crap and doesn't need anything from anybody. But then, oops, here comes this ball of sunshine <laughs> with no fashion sense and a naively positive view of the world who believes in love and second chances. The walls start coming down and the ice starts melting. That That is a spot on interpretation and description of of Cat Grant and Kara. I love Supercore too, but my fave ship for that show is Supercat. The impetus for writing this was the Supercat Secret Santa Summer event. Someone suggested that I sign up and beyond all reason, I did. And let me tell you, Wagnatius, we are really monumentally glad that you did. Um, because we have this, not only this amazing fic, but your, all of your writings, um, are really awesome. And we were so thrilled that you allowed us to read them, um, on, on air for everyone to share in. Um, question three, what are your head cannons for them? Same as most super cat shippers I'd imagine, but one in particular and spoilers, I use it in this fic. Oh God, do I want to read the spoiler before I even read the story to you? That seems a little much, isn't it? Okay. I'm going to read the spoiler because it is part of the answer. And if you don't want to hear it, then maybe mute this for like 15 seconds. I'll try to, I'll try to get it out that way. Okay. Spoiler alert. All right. So I use it in this fic 
And that is that Kara begged Kat not to leave National City and that they spend a night together before she left. Oh, also that Kat left not just to dive into politics, but that she was running away from her feelings, feelings for Kara that she initially thought might be inappropriate. Oh, boy, that one gets you right in the heart. What headcanon. And I think you're right. I, I headcanon accepted 100%. I, I totally agree with you there. Um, next question, who is your favorite film slash couple to write for and why? Emma and Regina forever. Yep, right there with you. I am so in love with them being in love. I still cry over them if I find a particularly well-written fic or see some Regal Ducky fan art. Oh, shout out to Regal Ducky. Why? I guess because I honestly shipped them since about 2012 and between the TV show and the hundreds of fics I've read, I feel like I know them well enough to tackle any angle. They're comfortable and comforting to me. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think I think a lot of us feel that way. And and actually, I'm glad that you said this, and this was your answer here, because it gives me the opportunity to um, give a shout out. In a couple of weeks, we're going to be doing a roundtable, specifically uh, starting with Swan Queen, and actually hoping to include a couple of other um, female-female ships on, on the show during that roundtable. And basically what that's going to be, guys, is it's going to be me sitting here in my little office doing this and talking and we'll probably have a Skype call to be quite honest and get a couple more people in and we'll just talk about Swan Queen. We don't, it's not going to be video. Uh, it'll be all audio. Trust me. I am in my PJs right now. I am in my time bureau agent shirt from, uh, from Legends of Tomorrow and comfy PJs, and that is how it is going to be. So if you would love to come on and talk about Swan Queen or your love for any fic or any any couple really whatsoever, please let us know. Drop us an ask or submission on our Tumblr page or drop us an email on um, she, she squared podcast at gmail.com or she squared podcast at outlook.com. We would love to have you on. We've got a couple of people already, but we're kind of holding out for a few more people to get involved and it's not going to be scary. It's just going to be a bunch of us kind of talking about our love for Swan Queen here, like Wagnatius, and and what got us into them and dissecting everything about it because you know that Swin does that. That is what we do. We have done that since the very beginning, and we're going to do it again. So we'd love to have everybody join us. Anyway, thank you for the little segue there, Wagnatius. Back to the questions, which, uh, number five, why do you think fan fiction is so important? Oh my God. Okay. So that's a question. Yeah. Um, here's the answer. Um, oh, <laughs> oh my God, there's no way I can answer that in less than a thousand words. I, I feel you. And to be honest, I feel seriously unqualified to speak to it. Uh, the reasons are different for everybody. Some want to explore certain topics and using familiar characters to frame a concept is very doable. It's a very lovely Lovely thought. Um, others need to create something to relate to, something that they can't find in traditional media, or they've found that there's an audience who needs it, and out of some selfless goodness, they pour their free time into creating that for people. Some just view it as a way to fix what they see is wrong with the canonical storyline. That's just three whys. I'm sure there are dozens or hundreds of reasons I suppose I fall into or near the let's, let's fix this crap camp. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you 100%. I think those are really... I, I, I think big reasons why fan fiction is so important. And I kind of like to ask that question of everyone, um, even though I kind of get the same answers. And I think that really, that says a lot 
um, fan fiction is monumentally important. Representation matters. And whether that is if we see it on screen and we run with it because we love those characters and we want to tell the stories that we don't get told to us, uh, stories that we don't see about a woman loving a woman and their life together. And that's not necessarily this over-hyper-sexualized thing. It's two human beings who happen to be female who fall in love, and this is the stories that we can tell about them. And I think that is monumentally powerful, and that is a lovely answer. And you are not unqualified to speak on that at all. You nailed that for me. That really touched something in me. I'm not going to lie to you. And the last thing was just uh, anything else you want to let people know about anything. Because, you know, we've given you some hard questions. What do you want to tell us? And Wagnatius says, well, this ship and this fic in particular, I was terrified to write. That's very interesting. I did not know that. As I mentioned in the author's notes, I've never watched the show. You have never watched the show. Oh, my God. You write them so well. Uh, writing this felt audacious and clicking post work on AO3 almost made me throw up. Oh, girl, I feel you. Everything I know about these characters came from Supercat shippers, authors, and gift makers on Tumblr and AO3. All's well that ends well, though, and it was very well received. I vacillated between walking on clouds and sobbing with relief for about a week after the reveal of the collection. The whole collection turned out to be pretty awesome, really. It's a great little fandom. Uh, yeah, I think you speak so eloquently to the reality that authors, a lot of authors face. And I just kind of want to put that out there for everyone who's listening to this, who may be a, a writer of fan fiction or a producer of art in some kind. Um, maybe you make videos, maybe you draw, um, maybe you write these amazing things in your head and never actually get them down and put them out there for fear of rejection. But I got to tell you, the thing that I have found in in the fan fiction world and in these fandoms in particular is that they are so welcoming and so lovely and so wonderful. And if you have the desire to write, you are not alone in the fear of putting that out there for people to read. I think everybody has that fear, right? Because this is a piece of you. You are creating something. But I would urge you to just take that step and post it up, you know? I, and if someone is mean to you, trust me, we, we will handle it as, as a phantom. Um, it, it, I, again, we are so utterly grateful and just uh, beyond blessed to be able to be doing this and putting this out there and kind of contributing in any tiny little way that we can uh, to the world of, of fan fiction. And White Nations, thank you so much for being so gracious to answer our questions and, again, allow us to read this story. And we are going to go ahead and dive right into the world of I Want This, I Want Us, I Want You by White Nations. And it is a super cat fic. So sit back and enjoy the ride. Slow Motion the town car lurched sideways for a moment, and then gravity went away as the giant sedan went airborne. Part of her was aware of the fact that her head had just violently collided with the left window and that she was going to lose consciousness, but with the way time was moving right now, that seemed like something she'd deal with later. Right now, she was oddly fascinated with the way the drinkware and ice cubes from the minibar were tumbling and spinning through the zero-G version of reality in the backseat of the vehicle. She was weightless. It felt oddly freeing. She'd been weightless before. Well, nearly, but there had been a pair of strong arms around her then. Strong and firm, yet 
gentle and soft somehow, belying the steel beneath. There was nothing soft or gentle about the back seat's center console when she landed on it and felt her body collapse around it. Lightning speed. The wind tore at her hair. Not that there was really any possibility of actually tearing, but it was trying. She felt like she'd never flown so fast in her life. Kara had felt it when it had happened. A part of her had never let go of Cat Grant, and she thought it never would. If she flew fast enough, maybe. Oh, Rao, what happened? Alex took a deep breath as her hand hovered over the comms console in front of her and closed her eyes for a moment. She let it go, taking a quick glance around the room for eavesdroppers and flipped the switch for full duplex satellite link. Kara, it's Alex. A roaring, whooshing sound flooded the comms and then... What happened? Where is she? Alex winced and turned the volume down two notches. Whoa, hang on, hang on. I haven't even told you yet what- I felt it! Kara shouted above the roar. You what now? Oh. Her heartbeat. Oh, wow, Alex, it went from a million beats a minute to very, very slow so quickly. Alex, what happened? How- Kara, from that fart- The roar of white noise still flooded the room over the console speakers. Kara, I can barely understand you. There's so much wind in your comms. I'm flying! You don't even know where she's going, Kara. Alex, I asked you where she is. If you don't tell me, I'll... Okay. okay. She's at DC General, 2nd Ward, 3rd Floor. I don't know what room. Are you okay, Kara? I wasn't expecting quite this level. The roaring stopped quite abruptly. Kara? Asked Alex one more time. But the link was dead. Through a haze of pain... Cat Grant was dimly aware that she'd come to on a gurney. Actually, it was the bang of the legs collapsing as it was slammed up into an ambulance that roused her. There were people talking, talking about... her? Her head hurt. Gods, it hurt. Worse than the worst hangover she'd ever had, and that was saying something. There was another loud whomp as the door to the back of the ambulance closed. It made her wince inwardly, and there was someone in her face. Miss Grant? Miss Grant, can you hear me? My name's Mike. I'm a paramedic. She tried to form words, but they wouldn't come. Odd and frustrating for someone in her line of work accustomed to speaking and commanding, and here was this peasant gibbering away. This Mike person was a blurry ghost of a thing hovering between her and the very, very bright lights above. The vehicle lurched forward and sirens began to wail. The gurney clanged into the back doors. For Christ's sake, Sandra, take it easy. I don't even have this thing locked down yet, said Mike. Delta Charlie 3 en route was the only reply from up front, and some unintelligible voice crackled back over the radio. It's okay if you can't talk. You're pretty banged up, Mike said. But you're going to be okay. We've got you. I'm going to give you something for the pain, okay? She managed to blink and nod slightly, and then the cool, glistening glow of morphine sent her sailing away. As she roared through the sky, a voice in her head was screaming, No! Oh, cat, no! And Carter, where's Carter? Oh, Ralph, Cat! She had to be okay. She had to be okay. She had to be okay. Had to. She noticed distractedly how quickly tears dried on her face at Mach 2. Alex considered dispatching a cleaner from the D.C. office. Sometimes when Kara was like this... Her caution went out the window, and things needed to be contained. She knew that Kara still had feelings for Kat, but this reaction, this was straight-up panic. Her sister was nearly out of her mind with worry. 
A voice from the doorway startled her. How is she? asked Brainy. Kara or Cat? Either. Both. Cat's in the ICU waiting on surgery. Probable concussion. Broken arm. Collapsed right lung possibly. Broken ribs for sure. Kara's... I don't know. She's probably sonic booming people's windows out on her way to D.C. Want me to contact the D.C. office for you or arrange D.E.O. transport, asked Brainy. Already booked it, said Alex. I'm wheels up in 20 minutes. Car began sizing up the D.C. general building from half a mile away as she slowed her approach. Parking. Lobby. One. Two. Three. There. There. That's the third floor. There's a window I could... Hmm. She arrived like a force of nature. The final sonic boom as she decelerated to the front of the building turned heads. She paid them no mind as she alighted upon the arch drive and marched to the sliding doors of the main entrance. The motion-activated panels dutifully slid aside as she approached, and with one glance at the look on her face, so did every person in the lobby. She strode through D.C. General with single-minded purpose, passing the front desk where wide-eyed looks followed her to the bank of elevators behind it. Gasps. Whispers. Supergirl. Tunnel vision. Nothing mattered. Nothing other than reaching the ward desk on the third floor. There had been the temptation to smash in a window at the south end of the hall for a beeline to Cat Grant's room, but there was just enough awareness on her part to know that spraying broken glass all over a hospital ward was probably ill-advised. The building was old, its windows were small, and she'd have probably taken a few bricks out with the glass. She really didn't know what room she was in anyway. What was she going to do, break down a bunch of doors, too, until she found her? Get your head together, Supergirl. The doors of the elevator slid open, revealing three hospital staff members who gasped and froze when they saw who was waiting. No one moved for several heartbeats. Kara huffed in annoyance. May I? Sorries and excuse me's were muttered as the trio gathered their wits and cleared the cab. She punched the button for the third floor and huffed again while the doors closed with excruciating slowness. Nurses and interns tilting their heads and peering through the diminishing gap in the doors with wide eyes. Up, up, and away, as it were. Wow, has there ever been a slower elevator? The cab finally dinged three, and she made for the central desk. Not two steps out, her right hip collided with a gurney and buried the side rails of it in a wall. She winced and looked back at it apologetically, but did not let it slow her down. Cat Grant's room, she demanded as she approached the nursing station, the gurney forgotten and her impatience rising yet again. The older woman behind the desk looked her up and down and raised an eyebrow. May I help you, miss? She asked, clearly not impressed or intimidated. I said, Cat Grant's room! And she accentuated the last syllable by smacking her hands on the countertop, which... Well, you know, shards and chips of formica spun through the air and a piece of decorative metal trim clattered to the floor. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I just... Please, where is she? Please. Cara pleaded, her cheeks tinged crimson with embarrassment. Nurse Hammond brushed two dark green chips of the countertop off her scrubs and shook her head. Miss Grant will be out of surgery in a few hours, and I'm sorry, but she'll be back in the ICU for several days after that, and there are no visitors in my ICU. Again, I'm sorry. Kara sank to her knees right then and there. The adrenaline left her, and she sobbed. The tears came freely, and she made no effort to hold them in or move from that position for quite a while, regardless of the gawking stares and wary glances of the visitors surrounding her.
The fog refused to clear. She felt plastic on her arms like spider webs, on her face making her skin sticky and sweaty, suffocating. And the smell. Antiseptic. The lights were too bright. Something sounded like talking and she couldn't make it resolve into anything real. Like she was underwater, it was infuriating. Pain coiling around parts of her body like a swarm of eels in an inky black water, hidden under the murk of the anesthesia, but very much there nonetheless. The bright lights began to fade, and she descended once again into the thoughtless black. Some time later, as if time were a thing that mattered anymore, she dreamed. Weightless again. Flying. Terrified and safe and secure and loved. She had not been ready for this. Tubes, wires, monitors, and the deathly calm of it. She stood with her arms rigid at her sides and peered as best she could through two panes of security glass in a clear plastic tent at the tiny figure on the hospital bed stubbornly clinging to life. Hi, Kara. She'd known her sister was approaching as soon as she stepped off the elevator. Alex, you didn't tell me it was this bad. I didn't know everything when I talked to you, Alex replied quietly. And you killed your calms. Yeah, I... Car began, then winced to herself and sighed. You threw them away again, didn't you? Yeah, sorry. Alex came and stood next to her, trying to peer through the same narrow window on the door. Do we know anything yet? She's stable. That's good. I mean, no. Well, yeah, I... Yeah, that's good to hear. Alex looked at the frown of concentration and determination on her sister's face and looked away again with a sigh of her own, not really knowing what to say next. For the entirety of the two-hour supersonic flight over here, she'd been trying to figure out what to say, but hadn't come up with any good, touchy-feely stuff, and didn't even know if that was what Kara was going to need from her. Look, you're, you're going to be here for a while, aren't you? I should plan for the fact that any upcoming ops are going to be done without any super backup. I don't know. Well, just looking at you, I do. Alex, she looks so small and weak. I can't leave her looking like this. I can't leave her in this state. So you do know. Yeah, I guess I do. I'm sorry. Clara pivoted back to the nearby wall and crossed her arms, closing her eyes for a moment to center herself. She opened them to Alex, looking at her expectantly. And I broke a bed. And a wall. And a desk. And I yelled at everybody and I scared them. She said, biting her lip apologetically. Alex smiled reassuringly. Honestly, I was expecting worse. Don't worry, I'll take care of it. Kara smiled back at her sister, but her bottom lip trembled. Thank you, Alex. I love you. And you know that I love you too, Kara. That's why I'm here. Kara's face broke then. The tremble in her lip intensified, and she surged forward into Alex's arms, letting loose a mighty sob and freeing her tears. Alex wrapped her up and squeezed with all the support she could send into the embrace. I'm still in love with her, Kara whispered through her tears. Alex closed her eyes and let out a long breath. I know, Kara.
She pulled back and cupped Kara's cheeks with one hand, smiling sadly. And I'm sorry it took something like this for you to admit it to yourself. The days passed slowly. Before long, it had been a week. Alex had stayed a few days to get Kara set up in one of the local DEO safe houses in the northeast corner of Arlington. She'd even sent off for a few toiletries and a couple of changes of clothes for her. Cara had no idea who'd gone to her place and rifled through her stuff to pick out things for her, but she was grateful to whomever it was regardless. At least at the end of a long day, she had sweats and t-shirts and tennis shoes. The super suit versus civvy thing was kind of a pain, but given that she'd shown up at the hospital in full Supergirl regalia, she obviously couldn't start hanging around Cap's room as Cara Danvers. She was Supergirl there, every day, and that's just the way it would have to be. The staff had gotten used to her presence and mostly left her alone, and she'd almost patched things up with Nurse Hammond by now. The woman still glared at her every morning, especially when a carpenter had shown up to replace the front counter at the third-floor nurse's station. There had been thin plastic tarps all around to control the dust. It was noisy, and everyone's systems were disrupted for a full day. Kara apologized to everyone in the ward multiple times, and things were back to normal now, mostly. Today, Nurse Hammond had actually looked up from the folders she was flipping through and muttered, Supergirl, with a semi-polite nod and greeting. Baby steps. All she did every day was sit in Kat's room on a grossly uncomfortable vinyl couch thing off to one side, alternately reading, scrolling her iPad, and thinking. Lots of thinking about what to say. So much to say. But how to say it, Kat? How can I say these things to you? You hurt me. Carter had begun to join her in the afternoons. It was really good to see him again. It had taken him all of two visits to get over his starstruckness of being in the same room with Supergirl. He was starting to get curious about why she was there every day when the whole world was full of people who probably needed saving. So I guess you care about my mom a lot, huh? Yes, Carter, I do. So much that you're, like, ignoring everyone else? Kara grinned. I'm not ignoring you, Carter. We're having a nice conversation. You know what I mean, Supergirl. Excuse me? I said, you know what I mean. No, Carter, you know what I mean. You were just about to call me by another name? Don't worry. I won't tell anybody. So, Cara closed her eyes briefly and took a deep breath, expelling it quickly and fixing Carter with the best glare she could realistically contrive. You know my name. Yeah. Mom uses it when she sees you on TV sometimes. Not always, just like when she's upset or worried about what you're doing or whatever. I, I don't think she knows when she does it. It just comes out. His eyes went back to the racing game on his phone. It didn't take too much for me to put two and two together. Well, you've always been pretty smart said Cara with a wink, and Carter's ears immediately turned redder than Krypton's sun. Thanks, he muttered under his breath and scooted back in the seat a bit, suddenly self-conscious and awkward as young boys are around pretty girls. Oh, Carter, Cara said with a light laugh and gently bobbed his shoulder with her fist, but her mirth subsided fairly quickly when she thought about what he'd just revealed. So your mom watches me on TV, huh? Yeah, pretty sure she cares about you a lot, too. Oh? What makes you say that? Carter pulled a face. Uh, we have to talk about this stuff. You started this conversation, young man. Ugh, fine, he said, 
and put his phone in his jacket pocket. So you remember when you had that thing with rain and you got like totally wrecked? I looked really bad. Yes, I remember. Well, mom got so scared. She was watching the news footage and there were helicopters and smoke and stuff and like this crater where you hit the ground. It was spooky and, and, and then they said no one was sure where you were. His voice broke and he turned his head to wipe a small tear from one of his eyes self-consciously. Cara put a quietening hand on his arm. And you were scared, huh? I'm sorry. I'm sure the news was really playing it up. Yeah, said Carter. I was pretty freaked out. But, but Mom, she like dropped her coffee on the rug and in the family room and, and she got all shaky and that's one of the times she said your name. She started crying. Carter raised his eyes when Cara didn't respond. But hers were locked on the bed across the room, her jaw rigid and her lips set in a firm line. He cleared his throat and shuffled his feet a little. When there was still no response, he pulled his phone out of his jacket pocket and went back to the racing sim. Pike's peak rain wasn't going to beat itself. Another weekday morning. Cat stirred on the hospital bed with a pained, mm. There was a shuffling sound to her left. Well, hello, Miss Grant, said a cheerful and familiar voice. Remembering what it felt like the last two times she tried to move, Cat carefully and slowly turned her head. Kara? Kara, Supergirl, looked down at the suit she was wearing, blue and red and emblazoned with its regal S, and then back at Cat with a smirk. Yes, Cat, I'm here. Cat chuckled, which obviously hurt, and she groaned. I've missed you, Kira, she said, chuckling yet again. Oh, she sighed. What are you doing here? Shh, you should go back to sleep. I'll be here when you wake up. Babysitting little old me? You shouldn't. You're Supergirl. Don't you have ostensibly a whole world to save? I'm obviously not going anywhere. Cat said and tried to move her arms in some sort of gesture. Oh. Her eyes were heavy. The medical machinery, sensing her status as awake, delivered another dose of morphine. Cat's eyes nearly rolled back in her head with bliss. Oh, wow. They have really good drugs here. Kara stood and walked to the bed. I'm not leaving, Cat. She gently took the older woman's left hand, careful not to jostle the IV or the heart rate monitor on her finger. I'm staying right here. Okay, why? But, thank you, replied Cat, but she was interrupted by a coughing fit. Ow, ow, ow! Shh, sleep, Cat, you need to heal. Okay, said Cat, already struggling to keep her eyes open. I missed you. I have so much to tell you. The last trailed off with an almost whisper as she drifted away again. And I have so much to tell you, too, Cat. Are we ever going to have this talk, Cara Zorel? She collected the three greasy paper plates from around the coffee table and stuffed them under the lid of the now-empty pizza box. Three weeks later, and Cat Grant was feeling nearly whole. Itchy, though, in both the literal and figurative senses. This safe house place was primitive, run down, and it stank of men. It set her on edge. It didn't have a liquor cabinet, either. 
She wanted to leave, but their lives were on hold for several reasons. First of all, the FBI had reason to believe that the incident with her motorcade was an attempt on her life. She was living in hiding. Every fiber of her being screamed at her daily about that. Grants were not the kind of people who waited in the shadows for other people to solve their problems. But the FBI was the FBI, and she couldn't very well take over the investigation herself as much as she might want to. She certainly felt safe with her current bodyguard, in any case. Secondly, she needed help. Again, infuriating, but Cara was a kind, solicitous, and gentle nurse, much better than that old bat at the hospital. With her arm in a cast and under doctor's orders for limited movement while her ribs finished healing, the basic tasks of everyday life, like showering, doing her hair, even just putting on a shirt, were much easier with a second set of hands. Cara picked up the pizza box, napkins, and extra Parmesan packets and headed down the back hall toward the trash bins outside without a word. Cat heard the door open and then close again, and she knew that Cara would check on Carter before coming back. You good in here, buddy? Cat couldn't hear the responses, just Cara's side of the conversation. If you're headed to bed, does that mean you have that essay done? A pause. Oh, yeah? Okay. Another. That's fine. Okay. Well, just show it to me and your mom in the morning. Did you brush all that pepperoni out of your teeth? Laughter. Ew, I don't need to hear about what you spit in the sink, Carter. That's gross. More laughter from both of them, and another quiet pause. Oh, um, okay, sure. There was a long pause, followed by, Good night, Carter, and the sound of Cara gently closing the bedroom door. Cara walked back into the room with a shy smile on her face. He asked for a hug, and if I would tuck him in, it was adorable. She beamed. She sat on the couch next to Kat and rubbed her hands on her thighs with a silly grin on her face. I feel like such a mom right now. That was all Kat could stand anymore. This waiting, this stasis, horrible. She reached out, grabbed the back of Kara's neck, and crashed their lips together. Kara squeaked. This was the third and final thing. Something had blossomed in the hospital, and life between them was new now. But it was tied to this time, this place, this stupid hiding-in-a-bunker life they were living. They were playing house, and they both knew it, but both steadfastly avoiding the necessary conversations. Neither of them could leave this place because neither of them could bear the thought of this ending. Well, that stopped now. It was time to take charge again. It was time to be Cat Grant. Kara, having recovered from her initial surprise, kissed her back fervently. She attempted to wrap her arms around Cat and pull her closer, having forgotten in the moment about the ribs, and it was Cat's turn to squeak. It's more of a whimper, really, and when she pulled back, she placed her hand on Kara's chest. Ow. You say that a lot. I think it's your favorite word now, Kara said with a smile. Sorry, I got carried away. Her eyes were glassy, and she glanced down to Cat's mouth. That was a nice surprise. I've got a better one, said Cat. Better than that? <laughs> Cat laughed. Yes. She cleared her throat and looked down to gather both of Kara's hands in her one good one. I'm moving back to National City. You're what? I'm finished with DC, she said. I wanted to see if I could do this. I dove in. I've treaded water for a while now. I'm bored with it. I'm ready to get back to things that matter to me. She let go of Kara's hand and trailed a finger up the side of her arm, across her collarbone, up her neck grabbing her chin lightly and caressing her bottom lip with her thumb. God, you're a pretty little thing. 
Cara pulled her face back, blushing. Stop that. You make me sound like a stupid little girl. You're not a stupid little girl, Cara, and you never have been. I knew the day I hired you that you would become very important to me. I had no idea how important, though. Cara grinned a little, but she was still pouting. Cara, remember the night we spent together, the night before I left, when you came over begging me to reconsider? Of course, Cara replied. Can you honestly think I wouldn't? Cat, that was the best night of my life. And the worst. I mean, it meant the world to me. It meant the world to me, too. You left, Cat. Cara stood and began to pace. You indulged my silly crush, took what you wanted for a night, and left. Cara, you left, Cat. Cara, she whispered, shouted. She widened her eyes and gestured with her head back toward the hallway. Cara covered her face with her hands and let a sob escape. Cat stood too and closed the distance between them, sliding her non-cast-covered arm around the girl's waist. While you slept, Cara, she began, I talked to you. I was never sure if you heard me and indulged me or honestly slept through the whole thing, but I guess I know now. Hmm. She hummed to herself softly. I still remember every word I said. Oh, Cara. Cara, why did you have to come here tonight? Why? You've almost convinced me. What if I could have this? What if I could have you? You, my sweet, sweet Cara. My little angel from another world. I could, I could drown in you. The sound of you, the look of you, the feel of your skin. Oh, Cara, you make me young. But I am not young, am I, love? I am almost old enough to be your mother. Twice divorced, angry, bitter. You deserve so much better than I. You've so much to live, so much to do. Your future is so very bright. Akara, oh, I can't stay. I can't. I can't do this to you. I will try this thing across the world. I will run away and try to forget this. But my dear, sweet Akara, always know that I will want to come back to you. I heard none of that, said Kara, wide-eyed and breathing quickly. I'm coming back, Kara, said Kat. I had a conversation with POTUS and the chief of staff about it right before I got in the car, before, before all of this. She looked into Kara's disbelieving eyes and smiled. I'm coming back, and I'm starting a new project, a magazine. I'm going to be a national city full-time, and I want you with me. With you by my side, we will be unstoppable. Kara sniffed and wiped the pulled tears from beneath her eyes. You're a force of nature. A queen. The queen. Unstoppable with or without me. Oh, you cute little flatterer. Cat, Kara whined. She took Kara's right hand and carefully guided it to her hip, holding it there. I want this. She kissed the underside of her jaw. I want us, 
she said, her eyes darkening. I want you, Clara Zorrell. And I want you, Catherine Jane Grant. Clara replied in a near whisper. Hmm. Oh my, said Cat in a dark and sultry voice. She released her hold on the young blonde and sauntered toward the hallway. She paused at the darkened opening and looked back over her shoulder. You want... She glanced down to her own ass and back up. This? Clara bit her lip and held her breath, bobbing her head several times enthusiastically. Come and get it, Super.